work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is DC Entrepreneur, speaking today with startups from all around the world attending the Web Summit Conference in Dublin, Ireland. Today's podcast is sponsored by Geotech Consulting. Geotech helps startups, small businesses, and nonprofits focus on their content creation. Your message either adds value or fills space. What is your outreach doing? Online at geotechconsulting.com. I attended Web Summit 2015 in Dublin, Ireland, which ran from November 3rd through the 5th. This year's conference attracted a reportedly large group of attendees, running over 42,000 registrants by some accounts. The conference featured 1,000 speakers as part of 21 different summits, with 1,000 investors, 2,141 startups, and 1,200 media attendees. Uh, so you can really get the sense that this is a huge conference. And it uh, takes up a huge part of the sprawling Royal Dublin Society in the city. Of course, this year's conference was not without some controversy. In the newspapers, the founder of Web Summit, Patty Cosgrave, pointed the finger at the Irish government for losing the conference to Lisbon, Portugal in 2016, citing that there was repeated problems that they faced, such as a lack of decent public Wi-Fi and that the conference had really outgrown the infrastructure for the Royal Dublin Society, the RDS. But still, the story of Web Summit is really interesting because it follows the story of how most startups want to see their trajectory go forward. According to Cosgrave in his Engineering Serendipity article, it took the organizers exactly four years to scale the Web Summit from 400 attendees to 20,000. Really, they propelled their growth using data science to determine who they wanted to invite and which attendees are going to see the value from this conference. What I think they've done best here is the brilliant marketing. I mean, the stories of startups who were coming in and raising $37 million just by having a conversation at a pub with an investor creates this mythos that the whole Web Summit is built upon. It doesn't hurt to tell the stories of these startups sharing a pint with Bono to create kind of this gold rush that spurs the startup economy. But since I was invited as media to cover Web Summit, it seems that every other media outlet there was telling the stories of these A-list players of the tech economy. As a blogger, I have no agenda set out by an editor, so I can go and chase the stories I think are interesting. I personally think the most intriguing stories are those of the early stage startups, which are termed alpha startups in Web Summit speak. So my interviews at the conference take place with some of these 1,900 alpha startups from around the world in attendance. I hope you enjoy it. The first Alpha attendees I spoke with were Brock Steckman and Brody Dorland of Divi HQ, an American-based startup which focuses on content planning and production workflow to help marketers and content producers. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks. Hi there. So, uh, please tell me about what Divi HQ does. Yeah, so DBHQ is a content planning, production, and workflow tool. So we basically serve as the hub for uh, you know companies' entire marketing initiatives. So anything that they're working on, any content items, whether that's blog posts, press releases, social media, podcasts, you name it, you can plan the content with our application, you can create the content within our tool, and then you can publish it out to various channels like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and so on. So what type of... Uh 
business owner are you looking to target with your uh, solution here? You know, so I think for us, kind of our goal is to be, uh, you know, that solution that's that's used universally for for any and all, you know, all companies, right? I mean, we feel like any business should be doing marketing, right? And so, really, we have a large market. We've tried to make it make sure that our platform is accessible for the mom and pop shops to some of the largest brands in the world. Now, you both started off in the agency world. How did you decide that this is an area you wanted to innovate in? Yeah, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting. So we had an agency for about uh, 10 years, a digital agency, uh, recently acquired. But we were working with clients all over the country. And as we grew, it became harder and harder to manage all of our clients' projects, all of our, you know, the, what our employees are working on, what our freelancers and contracts are working on. So we thought there's got to be a better tool out there that can help us manage all of the, the content marketing activities that we're focusing on. So we, we looked for other tools out there. Uh, that can help us manage this more appropriately, and we couldn't find anything. So we're kind of looking around in the room. We're like, guys, we, we have developers here. Let's go ahead and just raise a little bit of money and build this ourselves. So we kind of, it was like see a need, villainy. Uh, and so uh, we built this for us in this, initially. Launched, so this was built for the agency initially. It was, it was built for the agency initially, um, you know, or, or, you know, we thought, like, if this works out, like, let's, let's see what we can do with this. We ended up launching at the first ever content marketing world in Cleveland in 2011. And right out of the gate, we're getting signed up from some of the largest brands in the world. We've been very fortunate that we just we hit the right market at the right time. The content marketing space is growing like crazy. Companies are investing a lot of money into it. The investment community is investing a lot of money into it. And so for the first few years, I mean, actually, you know, we've been averaging over 40 new trial setups every single week for the last couple of years. And that's with limited marketing, that's with limited outside sales. So again, I think we just found a solution that struck a major pain point with, with uh, these big brands. Great. So now, um, why did you just choose to come to uh, Dublin, Ireland here for Web Summit? Like, are you looking to expand into the European market? We are, yeah. So we actually have clients right now in, in over 20 countries. We have a big client base in Europe, and so we are looking to figure out how can we continue to expand and cultivate, you know, the client relationships that we have out here. Uh, are there any sort of partnership programs that we can uh, that we can develop? So yeah, this is our first time out here. So we're just kind of exploring. You know, we're looking at, at, at you know, meeting clients, meeting prospective clients. Um, you know, trying to see what the landscape is, and uh, you know, to see how we can expand our, our 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 global presence. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for speaking with me today, and uh, best of luck with your product. Well, thank you very much. It's nice talking with you. Thanks so much. Thanks. They can be found online at divvyhq.com. My next guest is Catherine Knight. She is CEO of Tito. So, so please tell me about Tito. What, what does it do? Tito is a platform for music. It's a connected world of music that brings sheet music, audio, video, um, expertise, all in one beautiful design space. So all the music you love in, in, on your tablet um, for all musicians, whether you love performing it or whether you just love listening to it. So now you have, uh, I understand, sheet music available for Tito. How does that work? 
so uh, the sheet music is, is an interactive uh, sheet music which uh, listens to you. It allows you to align it to recordings so you can see, hear other people playing. You can record yourself. It will turn pages for you. Um, it allows you to annotate the score, create your own additions. So really make it your own. Doing the things that sheet music, physical sheet music, has never been able to do. Creating something in a digital space that is, it takes sheet music onto an old other level. Now I understand you partnered with musicians like Lang Lang. Can you please tell me about what your experience was with that? Lang Lang's amazing. He's a real champion for music and education. He is said to be... Um, He's, he's said to have inspired about 40 million kids in China to learn the piano. 40 million kids to learn it. There's a lot of kids. Um, but as, when he turned 30, he really wanted to give back to music education. He set up a foundation. He's done a lot of master classes. He's really passionate about it. He's very aware of the fact that he is a responsibility to influence change, to inspire kids, to take up music, learning instruments. Uh, but he's really passionate about digital. He feels very keenly that there should be the best experiences online and he wants to be part of that. So now where did the original concept for Tito come from? Um, the concept for Tito was actually a vision of our founder Brad Cohen okay. who uh, when the uh, iPad came out in 2010 he said finally there's a device where you can have this connected world of music. It's, it's not the perfect size but we're getting to a place where it's portable, you can carry music wherever you can go, you can read the music, you can hear it, you can watch video all in one space in a very lightweight form. Great and where do you see the future of innovation for uh, your concept? The future is is to create uh, an interactive platform. Uh, we've we've had ambitions to call ourselves a Facebook for music, okay. but it's basically a social environment where people are sharing the best music, the best practice, where we can have this connected, literally, this world of different communities talking about music, sharing insights, sharing their markings, their thoughts around the best quality editions, the best quality audio, all in one global space. Excellent. Well, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks, George. Their beta program can be found on the website at tido-music.com. So I'm here with Christian and Michael of Freehost. Freehost is a solution for uh, paramedics, EMS, first responders. Can you please tell me about uh, how you came up with the idea for Freehost? One of our clients is an EMS company right now, so they shared with us the problematic that they had in their industry. So they asked us if we could resolve that, and that's we started working with them and we did build that solution. So um, now, what kind of experience did you have like with the uh, the healthcare systems in order to come up with the idea for this? The idea came from our, our, our from the paramedic company. So yep. our background is in software development. Software development, okay. Finding solutions to problematics. That's what we did. So we worked very close for two years with paramedics yeah. at our offices on the field. So we built them with them for them. Excellent. And it looks like you have um, the availability on uh, not just the website, but you also have an app that is available for tablets and mobile devices. Can you please tell me about um, how you decided to create the, the, the responsive design for this? Actually, that we have mobile native iOS applications for the paramedics that, go, that goes in the vehicle. One iPad, two iPhones. We have SaaS dashboards for the EMS organization and a SaaS dashboard for the ER. And each of these has their own utility in the field. Can you please tell me about how Prios uh, creates efficiencies 
for ambulances and first responders? First of all, the paramedics on the field with the iPads, they get live traffic, they get navigation, they have optimized call processing, all, they manage all chronometry, and they have no more paperwork. So it collects data away so fast that paramedics don't have any paperwork to do anymore. It just, they just go through the processor, processes and it just, it's done in a few minutes. So they can concentrate on their patient, and when they arrive at the ER, the paperwork, the, the job is done, so they can go back on the road at least 15 minutes early on each intervention. And so, how did you get the idea for Prehost? It was really to working with uh, our client, the Cercom, that is uh, one of the largest paramedic company in Canada. So it's, they, they, uh, they told us they had a problematic, and we resolved it. So you created a solution for the problem that they had. Exactly. So uh, can you please tell me about like why you chose to come to Web Summit? try to find media exposure and meet investors, we're ready to deploy and we can, we, we, we have enough funds to deploy, but if we want to go very fast and go worldwide, we need, we need money to do that. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for, t- for speaking with me today. Thank you. You can find more about Prehost at prehos.com. founder of Nukta. Nukta is the world's first user-generated museum of Arabic calligraphy. Welcome today. Hi, thank you. Soraya, can you please tell me what the concept is behind Nukta? Well, I'm a calligrapher, so I love calligraphy, but I've traveled the world quite a bit, and I've also seen that other people who are from completely different cultures, who don't even know anything about Arabic, also love the look of Arabic calligraphy and typography. So we set up Nukta as a way to learn, share and educate, so anyone can download our app for free. They take an image of anything calligraphic or typographic and they post it onto um, the map, of our Nukta map, and it drops a pin, which is what Nukta means, and they can share, the, share it with the world. If they tag it and they describe it, it means that other people can learn and benefit from what they've posted, and they can also search the gallery and learn from what others have posted. We also have a unique knowledge bank on our website where you can access articles about Arabic calligraphy and typography. And we're here at Web Summit today because we would like to scale up. We've got big ideas and we'd love for some investment to take this further. We'd love to have video content, tutorials, yeah. So now you're uh, an online museum. Uh, what types of people do do you want to attract to your, your website? Is it uh, educators first and foremost, or is it artists? Is it uh, designers? I mean, at the moment, it's. It, I mean, it's anyone. It really is yeah. anyone. So we do have quite a mix. We have tourists. I mean, at the moment, we're getting uh, submissions from over well, 55 countries. Uh, most of them are from the U.S. Funny enough, followed by Saudi Arabia. So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting mix. We obviously love the professional submissions because it then pulls up the quality of of the work that's on there. I mean, basically, we just want people to post, no matter who they are, something that's going to benefit the community so that you can learn and appreciate. And and also, it has a social element to it, so you can actually comment and share um, and get people talking about this great art form. Certainly. And then uh, what types of partners do you work with? 
well, at the moment we have supporters. We're endorsed by the Hut Foundation. Um, anyone who's like, like type foundries, typographers. I mean, the team who actually built Nukta were, were calligraphers, programmers and designers. So we have uh, a natural passion for, for this project. Excellent. And then, um, how did you get the concept for Nukta? Like, where, where did the idea for this mobile museum come from? Well, I work uh, with a team of developers with my other business, which is the Spiral Design, a graphic design company, and they're the ones who actually have funded uh, Nocta to this point. And so, as an artist being exposed to code, this is kind of like, well, what can we do with this? And we like, how can we get people talking about what I'm passionate about? You know, it's not just as a calligrapher. I'm used to working in my studio on my own. And I'm, I'm kind of like, well, how can I use technology to, to reach out and get sure. people talking and sharing? Well, that's great. Excellent. I, I think it's a really fascinating website from what I've seen here. I encourage everybody to go and visit and learn about the calligraphy and the different types uh, of fonts that they have and uh, check it out. Thanks for speaking with us today, Soraya. Thank you very much. Bye. You can visit their museum online at nuqta.com. Sticky Fingers. Um, I, I followed Sticky Fingers for a very long time. Oh, a couple of years now. Um, 
exciting, and I'm talking to a great fellow just like yourself, George. <laughs> so, uh, now, uh, for the pop-up gigs, do you have any uh, ideas of what the future of the, uh, the app and the website is going to be? Yeah, we're, we're just um, going through some final developments at the moment. Um, as far as the fine-tuning of the yeah. platform that we offer to our venues, so we're going to be at 330 clubs across Australia that are using our platform advertising for live events. Um, and our next step would basically be trying to tap offshore and trying to tap into different countries around the world to, to make this universal app an actual universal app. So um, we, we want people to be able to um, turn on the app no matter where they are in the world to discover what live artists are saying. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog, dc-entrepreneur.com. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode, and thanks for listening.